somebody warm This is Goyfire 57. We've got a would-be thief outside the British Museum. Five trillion cash pool needed to stop economic rout. McCain suspends presidential can- uh, campaign. Study shows that ABC, NBC, CBS strongly support Obama. And rounding up the program, Paul McCartney rocks Tel Aviv with Live and Let Die in Israel. Okay, returning to our top story tonight. Thief impaled on museum fence. A thief had to be rushed to a local East London hospital on Wednesday night after being impaled while attempting to run away from a crime scene. The suspect broke down the back door to the museum. The alarm went off and the man apparently got a fright and ran away. He climbed a tree and then attempted to jump over the fence. The suspect, however, lost his footing and was impaled by one of the spikes on the fence. I don't know, guys. Did you happen to catch this story? Absolutely hilarious. A nigger jumps out of a tree and gets a spike halfway up his ass. And it was so hard that he actually turned it to about a, from straight up and down to about a 45 degree angle. I mean, it looks like some of that, it, maybe it's some of that cheap ass fencing they have at one of the juice big boxes like uh, Lowe's or something or Home Depot. Because I can't imagine how he could generate enough force to bend something, bend a spike like that. And I'm guessing it's maybe it's made of aluminum rather than steel. Otherwise, there's surely no way he could have bent it with pure ass power. It's yeah. aluminum. A Negro propeller, Alex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this is a fantastic picture of it. A nigger with a spike jammed about two feet up his ass probably came pretty close to coming out of his abdomen or disemboweling him. And I can't imagine how high up he was when he jumped, but uh, that had to be incredibly painful. And of course, it's one of those stupid niggers with his pants halfway down his ass that spiked more than halfway up his ass. So. I was going to say Natalie dressed, but you're right. <laughs> you know, Pierce used to talk about uh, cutting off the heads of uh, Mexicans or Jews and sticking them on uh, posts and this is, I guess, the next best thing to that. But what a delightful Maybe book. it's like raping, raping a baby, Alex. He just didn't want to catch AIDS. So Yeah, and he'd heard that uh, fences were pure, so he was on down low, up high, for everyone to see. <laughs> That's the British Museum. They have a lot of goodies in there. I went there in uh, 2006, I think, in May or something, right before I came back to Estonia. Gosh, they have incredible Aryan and Celtic uh, 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 jewels and and devices in there and weaponry. And you could see if he'd been in there that he was really uh, covetous of those items. But subsequently in that South African newspaper, Alex, they claimed that he was only uh, drunk and up in a tree, I guess getting back to his roots or something. uh, (laughs) (laughs) You felt the ancestral pull after. (laughs) Uh, It's quite a story, quite a tale, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's assume this is East London, uh, England, and this was the B- British Museum he was trying to break into mm-hmm. as a uh, valued immigrant. I think he was probably a valued uh, immigrant, as they just state. So. Right, but they're really sick of that over there, the white Brits, but they don't have much choice now. Maybe it, maybe a lot of people don't understand, how you know, what are nigger 
Steve's doing in Britain or, well, South Africa would be obvious, but... Just trying to make a living, Alex. Take it easy. Craig, <laughs> tell the people how Wax got into Britain in the first place. Well, I'm not sure of all of it. I remember some of the row housing. I remember reading in the 70s that uh, the Pakistanis were sort of uh, turbanized blacks where were brought in because it's really a result of the colonial backlash, so to speak, and the idea that they had money, at least the ruling classes in uh, Pakistan, they would save their money together. But in terms of the Africans that got there, uh, you know, again, some of it's residual colonial. But now it's the most densely populated country in all of Europe, and it's a hell of a mess. Uh, there's been some Nick Griffin speeches on uh, September 20th, the Day of Action, it was called, about the Keith Brown murder. And and this was at Stoke-on-Trent, and they're, they're mightily upset about it, finally, the British people, and they're upset, uh, the antis, and then these niggers are upset that whites are finally coming to the realization that, hey, this is not working out. But please tell me, I mean, hey, in terms of, you know, how, how they were allowed to come in to that extent. I know Jamaicans were in there big time, sure. Right, well, did we see a similar, like, heart seller act in England taking place immediately after World War II? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure of that. What, what I know is that basically under the guise of anti-racism, and remember, racism was a term invented by the Jew Trotsky, as best anyone can determine, Trotsky being a, a, a Jewish communist in Russia who had a falling out with Stalin, and first brought to world attention through a book by Magnus Hirschfeld in Germany called Racism. And Hirschfeld was one of the premier sex deviants. He was pushing homosexuality, but... Uh, the term racism was invented in the 20s, popularized first in the early 30s, and by the end of World War II, being anti-Nazi and being anti-Semitic, being anti-racist, all these become the same thing. They have to be opposed. Therefore, the British have ceded the philosophical resistance to allowing anyone from anywhere in the empire to come back home to Britain, since all people are equal and there's no difference between races or anything else. There's no reason to forbid them. So while the British Empire is destroyed, and Ramsey, uh, the author of The Nameless War, notes that Hitler admired Great Britain. And he admired the British Empire, and he thought the Catholic Church and the British Empire were two great elements of stability in Europe, and he didn't want to destroy either one. Nevertheless, the people who destroyed Hitler lost their empire. British lost their empire. All the nations that had been their colonies became independent nations, and through some legal maneuvering, I don't know the specifics of it, the foreign coloreds were allowed, many of them, to emigrate to Britain. I think that was some of the first uh, blacks that came to any nation in Europe were uh, Jamaicans, or what became known as Yardies, in around... Uh, 1948, very shortly after the war. The, the, those are the origins of the first types of blacks who came to Britain, and now today we're seeing niggers so widespread in Britain that they commit all kinds of crime, and of course, the Jewish agenda embodies more than simply admitting any race of people anywhere outside of Israel, mixing white nations with mud nations. It also involves speech controls and wet rolls, so that only criminals and cops have guns, and no white man is allowed to describe what's going on lest he be cast into prison, as we've seen of the authors of Heretical.com, Simon Shepard and Stephen Whittle, who writes as Luke O'Farrell, they're thrown in jail for describing this kind of crime and laughing about it. If they tried to put it in context, they would be in prison. They're actually trying to claim political asylum in America even as we speak. And <clears throat> well, you know, so Britain is now like an American city. It's full of niggers who are committing atrocious crimes, and uh, all we can do is sort of laugh about it in America where we still have the First Amendment pending a Barack Obama's election or possibly even John McCain's. Right. Well, the defeat, I guess the defeat in World War II was really a defeat of sanity and a defeat 
defeat of scientific racism, not by argument, but by bullets, bombs, and terrorism. Well, it was the first Western nation in a long time in which the people themselves had retaken control of their society away from the Jews. And the point that the guy makes in The Nameless War is that at the Versailles Conference, the people who actually wrote the language of the treaty and who determined what was going to happen were all Jews. The big four nations, Britain, Italy, France, and uh, the U.S. or Russia, may have had goys as their frontsmen, their frontsmen or their facade, but the people doing the actual legal work and the advising and, and, and the setting up of all the language were Jews. And they were interested in what was good for Israel. And th this meant laying the groundwork for another European war. And he makes the point they were pushing rearmament in Germany after World War One, while they were pushing disarmament in Britain in order to equalize the powers after the Germans had been defeated and bring it up to the level where they could have another war. Right. The Jews were directly threatened by scientific racism in Germany and Europe during the war. And therefore, after the war, they went about deconstructing it in their post-war. Uh, yeah, I would call it racism, though, because that was a term that they deliberately coined as a, as a code word meaning anti-white. They don't call non-white racist. Sometimes whites do as they, as they try somehow verbally to get uh, to be treated as equal or to hold the other guy to the same standard they're held to. But racism was specifically coined to attack white people and anybody white who wanted to keep a nation white. And Jews don't like white nations. They want to destroy them. And one of the most effective ways to destroy them is by importing colored people and encouraging the populations to breed, to intermix, legally privileging the aliens, the outsiders, whether Jew or mud, over the white natives who created the country. Right. Well, well racism is their mischaracterization of an otherwise very sane national policy. It's, yeah, it's their slur term for any white or white nation or, or white argument that would preserve white living ways and white nations as they are. It's, it's a necessary verbal tool for disemboweling white nations just the way this nigger was disemboweled when he hopped on the spike. As we're going into later in the financial crisis, uh, a lot of the crisis was created because spurious claims of racism and racial discrimination were levied against any white bank or institution that sought to impose neutral, objective credit standards on uh, creditors. They said, no, you can't use those. Those standards are racist. Your redlining is the word they use. And they, forced, they distort the market by forcing banks and other institutions to go in and make bad loans. Which meritocracy is, is uh, racist. Five trillion to clean up financial crisis. Five trillion cash pool needed to stop route. Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson's 700 billion plan to buy devalued assets from financial companies is a joke because it doesn't go far enough to calm markets. Paulson's proposal to remove hard-to-sell assets clogging the financial system marks the broadest intervention since at least the Great Depression. The plan came after the collapse of a 158-year-old Lehman Brothers Holdings in company and the government takeover of issuer American International Group and Company caused financial markets to seize up last week. Calamity was the culmination of a year during which the U.S. housing market slump left banks and securities firms with more than $52 billion of asset write-downs and credit losses. Why do they still talk about this in terms of a recession? They just, just don't want to mention the word depression. I mean, they are finally now, but this is some days into it. In fact, it's past the deadline already, I think, of when the Armageddon was supposed to occur if, if it weren't passed. <laughs> 
Well, the key here is they're using the problems they created as a pretext to go in and apply more of the same, same remedy that doesn't work. They're distorting the market in small ways and large ways, and the large way is they're distorting it by simply making interest rates lower than they should be. The real cost of, of renting money ought to be higher than it is, but in order to keep themselves in power and keep everybody happy, they have to go in there and push low credit. One of the forms that, that bogus credit takes is, as I said earlier, redlining, in which politicians force institutions to make loans they wouldn't otherwise if they were acting sanely and soberly. They know who is creditworthy and who isn't. There's a long history of loaning money. They know what indices of, of creditworthiness are. And when they're forced to override those for political reasons, that distorts the market and leads to the kind of situation in which people who aren't creditworthy nevertheless get loans. And then when those loans go bad, guess what happens? We have to bail them out. They come running to everybody else and tell us to bail them out. It does seem to me that whatever Protestants have going on in the United States, the be-all and end-all to them is their material comfort and level of, of power and wealth. I mean, it's almost as if it's a sacrosanct taboo to even cross the, the, the Rubicon to even you know, consider controverting that. Well, they, a lot of them see America as kind of an enlightenment country, and they're very anti-enlightenment. The enlightenment you know, ideas of we can mechanically control men now that we find out the world is made up of atoms and, and governed by laws. We need to find the laws that control men and manipulate them to the ends of, you know, liberty, egalite, and fraternity. And that spirit was alive at the time that America was founded. And so they, they see America to some extent. They don't like it because it's not part of their traditional Catholic order with, you know, an established religion. And uh, it's just a different type of a state. And it's it's founded by people from England. And England and, and, England and uh, the Netherlands were kind of the main centers of uh, Protestantism. And Jones makes the point that in England, a lot of these, these hostile nobles got rich by basically stealing all of the church's lands. And, you know, but, for how they, they were cutting up Catholics. But in the Netherlands, they seem to currently have a level of depravity, particularly sexual depravity, that, that's even beyond America's, except in a few places like San Francisco. Well, yeah, and that's that's the liberalism, or the uh, that's where that line of thinking ended up. We are all brothers, we are all men, we're all equal. Well, I mean, that that may not directly lead to anti-racism and the rest, but it, it's not that far of a jump, just in the same way that you can take stuff that George Washington said, or that Thomas Jefferson said, and you can extend it. You can see where one perverse extension of it would be modern liberalism. No, yeah, like they, they, they've tabooized racism so much. Racism for white people, of course. Racism for black people. Oh gosh, you can become the president of the United States from the south side of Chicago when you're a uh, Negro supremacist. But uh, yeah. I don't understand why Protestants or even any whites in the United States don't see the, the disconnect between those two systems. It's as if uh, you know these Nation of Islam sports heroes on on the uh, basketball court and the football gridiron. These sportscasters never mention that they're they're in a Negro supremacist religion. They will never, never. They'll, if anything, they'll say he's a very devout fellow. He's really a strong Muslim. You know? yeah, well, that's that's a, a, a big feather in his cap. But that's yeah. the problem. I mean, the, the, the radicalized Christian Christian forms have pushed these people beyond rational thought and beyond mm -hmm. the, uh, the the laws of cause and effect. Yeah, I think that they, they've lost interest in evidence of the real world. And <laughs> That's pretty there, bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's when a science unto itself. <laughs> I mean, it, when, when they're so committed to their insane vision that ordinary, everyday facts make no impression on them, or very little impression on them, then they pose a danger not just to themselves, but to everyone else, because they're the ones who are bringing these third-worlders, Somalis, and these, these hot and tots into our communities, which they then despoil. And I think a lot of them are not even necessarily blind to what's going on. They actually like it. I think they enjoy destroying these communities, and they, they think that they're on the cut 
cutting edge of something. It's it's partly religious insanity. It's partly the belief that they are kind of ahead of the curve in terms of being cool or stylish. It, it's it's hard totally to nail down, but I think there's also an element of just pure love of destruction. As lawmakers arrange to resume difficult closed-door negotiations, leading Democrats said that a compromise on the president's economic rescue plan, which looked after the interests of both Main Street and Wall Street, was possible and could be finalized shortly, despite the opposition of House Republicans who derailed a brokered agreement yesterday. Yeah, that didn't work out too well because the Republicans balked at it without telling the Democrats. And a lot of these guys have to be extremely concerned that in 40 days, if they controvert what their constituents want, and the vast majority of the American people do not want to solve this for the Jews of Wall Street, then they stand a really good chance of not getting reelected if, if the uh, reaction is severe enough, even though they are incumbents. What, uh, half or a third of them, isn't it, Alex, have to stand every two years, something like that, of the 435 House members. That's part of it. And uh, then they're saying that they want to put a caps on executive salaries. And I can hear a few years from now, then the new complaint will be that the reason these quasi-governmental uh, bailouts are in such bad shape is because we couldn't get the best talent to work there. Even though the last guy in Fannie Mae, I think, cleared $14 million a year. And he was the guy who was briefly in charge of getting Obama's vice presidential pick made until he bogged. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the big picture here, Craig? What does the white person need to take away from this financial mess our country has gotten into? Well, the main thing to me seems to be that all the Ron Paulers were dead right about the Federal Reserve, and it's not going to be fixed and until it's gotten rid of. Paul's still out there saying that. And not only that, but that things are going to be bad for these white people, Alex. They don't want to believe it. One survey said 50% of them think that it's going to be bad for them and 50% think they won't be touched. And then uh, I've been talking on the program. That reminds me of what Alex is always saying, that people in this country are children. You know, they act like children. It's amazing. How can you see the, uh, pardon me, the hyperinflation writing on the wall and uh, trillions and trillions of dollars, just those sums being bandied about is, is nonsense and think that it's not going to affect you. You have to be pretty divorced from reality, in my opinion. Yeah, well, what seems so odd to me is that Federal Reserve, a private company, is able to, as the tail that wag the dog of government, and send out three-page memos and uh, expect to have them signed by Congress <laughs> in five yeah. days. Yeah. For how many trillions of dollars? Yeah. Are Give us $700 billion. And That's just the, the remainder. I mean, I, I, what they ran up wasn't something like half a trillion even prior to this. And all that is, is the Federal Reserve just cranking more presses. I don't know they have to go to Germany and buy new Heidelbergs or whatever they're using, but they're already going 24-7, and uh, they have all this money in vaults around the central banks of the world, and I'm sure they're trying to get rid of dollars. Imagine the amounts of funds. Even though today I think the market ended up uh, only 100 points, uh, what was it? I was just looking at the graph on the front of Drudge. I think 100 points difference, which is not much, and that also controverts what Bush said. It'll be dire circumstances. You know, it's curtains unless we act quickly. I don't think so, you know. Yeah, but how well, is it that they're able to play with these private companies, you know, to to let these free markets supposedly run wild and speculate and do everything, but when they tap out, they run to the, the American taxpayer? Yeah, as long as Jews are exploiting Whitey, it's uh, fine and dandy. When it, it goes the other way around... It's as if that, that guy, Don Harold, who's a white financial advisor, said, he said, you know what, all these guys who went short on AIG and so forth, post-Lehman Brothers, after the Fed shut down the trading, they just lost their money. They should be uh, recompensed right away. You know, that's just one small example. What you're seeing here is uh, one of the ten planks of 
Karl Marx's program on Marxism is consolidation of all credit in the hands of the state, and that's kind of what you get when you get a national bank and the Federal Reserve. And then they set up these quasi-private institutions like Fannie Mae and, and Freddie, and they claim that they're private, just as they claim the U.S. Post Office is private, but in fact, people act as though they have the backing of the state, and in the end, they do have the backing of the state, so they buy up all these banks, and, and we have to pay them. Senator Chris Dodd said Democrats and serious Republicans were working in good faith to respond to the financial crisis that he said was caused by the administration, a situation which all of us find tragic. Is there a difference now between the private sphere and the government sphere is is the government supposed to run the economy the bottom line here is they speculate with money and if they win they keep the profits and if they lose then they run to the public treasury to bail themselves out right i think that is the essential point point. and bush goes before the public yesterday in a speech and says oh we have to take this money and bail them out otherwise you're going to lose your iras and your pensions and whatever but what he doesn't tell you is the way that they're going to bail them out is to print more money as craig was saying and that will dilute the value of your money so, so you're going to you're going to lose it either way. You're going to lose it either way. And so when you go to the market now, potatoes are a dollar a piece here in the middle of the country. A dollar a piece. So you're going to lose it either through inflation or through taxes or some other way. The government is going to make sure that its insider gang, primarily of Jews and those who have sold out to them, appease them or work for them. They're going to be fine, but you're going to be screwed. Alex, one there's way. this one guy. His name is George uh, D. I think is his middle initial. I know his last name is Wisner. W-I-S-N-E-R. And he was the number two guy at AI. IG, Alex, just as Henry Paulson, the Secretary of Treasury himself, was the former CEO of Goldman Sachs. But anyway, yeah. this Wisner, number two at AIG, was in charge of this commission to oversee Kosovo before Kosovo was even independent at the time that Mossad in the United States was promoting the separation. Sure. So, and busy, busy fellow, huh? I mean, how, how do you go from, segue from doing that to being the number two guy at, a, at the, an the insurance sense. company with trillions in assets? Look, money is the mother's milk of politics, as they say. So people who control the printing presses and the media presses use it to print money and to back up what they're doing. And they use the money they create to foment political revolution to advance their agenda. And that means destroying all white states. We had the Jewish general Wesley Can Clark saying there is no room in Europe in the 21st century for ethnically homogenous states. Therefore, we have to bomb Serbia and bomb any other white nation in defense of Albanian Muslims because that fits their global multicultural communist agenda, the agenda of the Jews. So what we have to do here. If you read around in relation to this $700 billion bailout, what you find from the left, of course, and the left has always gotten its ideas from Karl Marx and from the Jews, is that, oh, we need more regulation. Regulation's the problem. But there's no way that you can get around this stuff by regulating it, because the re it, 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 all these people at the top are related. They go from being advisors to being the head of the banks to being the head of the treasury. I mean, Paulson worked for Goldman Sachs, and now he's head of the treasury. And it, there's no... I think someone once said, or if they didn't, they should have said, people People either believe in Jesus or they believe in regulation. You know, and it comes back to it's it's a moral question. If you're of the same race, it's a moral question. You know what makes people credit worthy, and if you go outside the bounds of that, then you're doing something immoral and destructive. And the only way for society to get back on track is to allow you to fail because you made the wrong choices. Now, add to that the element of racial groups doing battle, even if one side doesn't realize it's in a battle and isn't fighting back. The Jews do realize they're in a battle, and they are in a battle with us. 
normal whites, and they use all of their incentive and their political clout and their lobbying money to force bankers who might otherwise be honest, and that is, employ the real criteria for determining creditworthiness, and they distort the market by forcing these honest bankers to make bad loans, that is, to loan to politically, to groups that the Jews want to reward because they're helping push the Jewish agenda, like blacks or Mexicans, invading Mexicans and say, oh, well, you have to get rid of normal creditworthiness criteria, and you must lend them money because of your evil racist practices of redlining, which we denounce in our media. So you see, they, they, they have the carrot and the stick. They have the media to reward you if you do what they want or to beat you if you don't do what they want. And they have the, the lawyers to back that up. So that's all part of this. There's greed mixed with political incentives. But bottom line is you have Jews controlling the high points of our society and running it to their own advantage. And that means trying to create a one world government in which there are no separate races and they rule it all out of Tel Aviv, Jerusalem and New York. Now here's and a question. Is uh, accounting for the middle class? It's nation wrecking. It's nation wrecking. And that's what Jews have done for 2,000 years. They've always been known as liars, common enemies of humanity, and nation wreckers. That's what our most intelligent people, our white men, have told us. The right thing to do when, when credit goes bad, when people make bad bad investments or malinvestments, is you have to let the market correct itself. That's how you get out of the recession or the depression, is they're going to have to write off those loans and they're going to have to suck it up. But instead, what they're going to do is try to keep prices artificially high and ex- keep on expanding the credit and keep the interest rates low in order to keep the bubble going. Look, so Alex, that- they're freaking out right now. They're claiming that the interest rates are through the roof. They're only like 5.9%. That's not anywhere near it was when it was 20% under Jimmy Carter. But I guess they're just so addicted to the loose cash and the never-ending spiraling. I don't know. What's after a trillion? A quadrillion? Are those the next to scales? Who knows? But uh, and, I, I'm just saying that it, it, it's it's not right that they portray that the money's so tight. 5.9% is not that bad, and especially as, a, as you were saying earlier, if you meet the indices, the traditional indices of, of being credit worthy. You know, Craig, it's it's parallel to how they suddenly forgot to teach reading, how, how you teach reading in the 20s and 30s under the progressive. Well, why is that? Well, they didn't forget how to teach reading. They don't want people to be able to read. Well, it's yeah. just like this with credit. They want, because it's to their political advantage, they want to get every minority that they're using to destroy the white nation into a house sure. and take the money from whites. Ordinarily, to get a house, you have to show that you're a stable character. You have a job. You save up money. When you get 20, 30% of the purchase price of your house, then you're credit worthy to buy it and to have a loan extended to you. Well, someone comes up here and doesn't work and is taking benefits and, and they give them one of these these cheap loans for a few hundred thousand dollars and they have no job or way to repay it. Well, naturally, that's not going to work. That person is not credit worthy. And when they're forced to make some of these loans or they're simply greedy, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Either the people who push those laws through have to be gotten out of Congress and the media, which is a very tall task, or you have to simply let the bad loans fail and the banks go under. And in that way, the economy will naturally correct itself. Yeah, I mean, and, and to add multiples of, of abuse and, and destruction, you know what these Jews did in these financial houses in New York City? They took those notes and they washed them and dandied them up and, and repackaged them and sold them to European banks. It's what, what a swell deal. And even the Chinese, but especially to do it to Europeans and then make the, the chaos over here occur also in more white landian nations, you know? Well, that's you know, really something for which we owe Kikery. There's nothing really wrong with lending money at interest. Now, some national socialists will disagree with that, but there is nothing inherently wrong with it. And in fact, leaving that to the Jews led to a great number of problems in European history. But like everything else, there's a natural market for this is what the price of money is. If you want, you know, X number of dollars, you're going to have to pay, you know, Y percentage of interest for it. And if you distort that politically, well, then you're going to get what we've got now. Right. Well, the interest is one factor. The other is the volume of money in circulation. And that's basically the issue at hand, that they not only can manipulate the interest rate, but they can manipulate 
manipulate the money in circulation. They can create it out of thin air, in other words, and also loosen the restrictions for lending that money, thereby injecting it into the economy and thereby creating these boom and bust cycles. And uh, that's what they've been doing. They've been running the printing presses at the Fed, private Jew-controlled corporation, controlled by the Rothschilds and Warburgs and the rest of them that have created problems ever for the last 100 years since they created the Federal Reserve back in 1913, I think it was. And they're pumping all this money out, and the banks are loaning 10 times whatever money they create, and this is the natural reaction. That's why prices go up. That's the source of inflation, is the money isn't tied to any, whether labor or, or gold or, or anything else. It's just they, they print what they want, they circulate it, they get the first advantage of it by the time it all trickles down, while well, all we get are the higher prices from it. Right. Well, I mean, there is a certain, I mean, a certain, an expanding economy does need to have, you know, a monetary policy. In fact, let's not forget the Revolutionary War was fought on greenbacks, which were printed up out of thin air by guys like Benjamin Franklin, for example. Now, the Continental soldiers didn't like to get paid in those. I have I have documents, and, and they'd much prefer to get silver uh, yeah, reals or whatever. Well, it worked. Let's put it, that's number one. And number two, well, the British were counterfeiting them enormously and circulating them, which, you know, helped uh, destabilize the currency. But let's not forget that an entire Revolutionary War was fought on the back of that type of monetary instrument. Yeah, the last year of the war, I think it was like 5.2 million, something like that, financed. I believe that was correct. Maybe that was for the entire war, but I once had a document that stated that. In any case, it's an amazing weapon, and it's now being used in a revolutionary way against white people around the world. Like I said, I mean, there's not a problem if you allow the free market work, and that's what our government won't do. They don't want, you know, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They don't want any currency competing with their unbacked dollar. That's why they routinely bust people like the Liberty Coin suppliers who try to affect the hard money. Or Saddam Hussein, he wanted to switch to euros, remember? Yeah, and that's another reason they want, that's I guess why all these foreigners, they put out bonds when they print the new money, and then they're bought up by the foreigners, and if the foreigners show that they want to switch away from it, they get real nervous because now China and these other countries have huge reserves of dollars that are increasingly worthless because the kites keep running the money presses, and they don't want any competitors, and they want the foreigners to be forced to keep... Basically, we're just spending money we don't have, and we're bankrupt, and we have trillions of dollars of unfunded liabilities, that is, stuff that we've written into law as entitlements, and the politicians, so far from correcting the problem, are just simply promising more entitlements, more running of the presses, and all that's going to do is generate more inflation, and it's going to work against anybody doing what you need to do to build a stable society, which is work, save, and invest, and and get ahead. And well, that, that's exactly that. right. A stable monetary policy would keep M3, or the volume of money in circulation, under surveillance and only inject money when it's needed and reduce it when it's not. Yes, uh, and the, is they don't even print the M3 number anymore. They stopped printing it a couple of years ago because they don't want you to know how much money they're creating out of thin air. Exactly. Uh, oh, uh, New York White Pride just put up a video, you guys, in which Obama, in his own words, says that he wants to give $1,000, I believe it's to new students. In, in community colleges or university, just give them $1,000 right off the bat. It's not too dissimilar from what Jimmy Carter did with his scams. But in addition, the United States Senate passed this Millennium Project thing, which was ran, uh, designed by Jeffrey Sachs. And he's a Jew, a very young Jew. And the Millennium Project is going to transfer $845 billion to Africa, no matter who is the next president. And Obama voted for that. So imagine, that's even more huge than what they're talking about now, the $700 billion. And these staggering sums... It's that they have no basis in reality. It's just as how many presses they can buy. Yeah. At fun, Africa was tied to like 0.7% of the U.S. GDP. So we're going to give them seven-tenths of 1%. We're going to take that money, whites, and turn it over to niggers in the third world. So just endless.
harmless insanity as we as we are transformed. Use a word the Jew media loves when it's a racial transformation from white to black. As we are transformed into a third world nation, you bring in people who don't have IQs high enough to understand that you can't steal from the golden white goose forever until you kill <laughs> the white goose. Middle, the golden goose is the white middle class that works, earns, and saves. And we're now in the process of killing that class off, grinding them between taxes and inflation. Mark said the millstones of uh, what was it? Taxes and uh, progressive taxes and inflation. Yeah, not they, to mention uh, our being discomforted in our discomforted in our own skins in our own country. Ordinary working whites are being screwed by the system, while the Jews are living high off the hog and messing up our nation in every possible way, not just financially, but as Craig says, by importing the muds who will destroy us. That's the situation we're in. John McCain's financial crisis gamble. Uh, John McCain is making another big gamble, announcing today that he will suspend his campaign and return to Washington to work on a solution to the financial crisis. This marks McCain's second Hail Mary pass, the first being the Sarah Palin selection. Yeah, I've got something to say about this, please. This Henry Kravis, who some of you may remember, this guy Robert Green, Greenwald, who makes a lot of videos on YouTube. He's a Jew, sure. But he made this one about Henry Kravis, who's a leveraged buyout kind of a guy, multi-billionaire. And Kravis had a Republican pack early on. And you may remember he had the telephone calls going around. I believe he was behind it, in which the first choice, even as Ron Paul was popular, at least on the Internet, the first choice was uh, John McCain, who at the time was like a, a really dark horse candidate, if for no other reason than because his doddering age. Anyway, uh, Henry Kravis and Stephen Schwarzkopf, Schwarzkopf, and no T in there, just Schwartz, or pardon me, not Schwarzkopf, uh, Schwartzman, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z-M-A-N, who's also a Jew billionaire. They came out and, and appeared with, with uh, McCain, and Keith Olbermann had a quick shot of them and talked about that, because these guys are just, uh, you know, Jew central, Zion central, uh, telling them what to do, the same way they did with Bush when Bush came out all pale and uh, discombobulated two nights ago, I guess it was, you know, at the end of the red carpet in the long hallway. And so these Jews are just able to tell white men, oh, this is what we have to do, and they just uh, lick it right up. Man. It's unbelievable. They say the bailout is threatening to become an albatross. According to the latest Wall Street Journal poll, 31% of voters approve of the bailout plan, 33% disapprove, and 28% had no opinion. Yeah. That's 61% either against or uncertain about the bailout. Henry Kravis makes something like $51,900 per hour, 24 hours a day. This is how rich this son of a bitch is. Uh, oh, taking apart companies, selling off the assets, and then uh, refloating the new company. Mm. It's just like that uh, that uh, R. Crumb cartoon, you know, when the goddamn Jews take over the world, and the guy's on the phone, and the sweat's pouring off, and he says, sell the fucking company. You heard what I said. He said, I don't care how many schmucks are there. 30,000, sell it. You know, and he hangs it up. That's really what it is. Yeah, Whites well, will just not wake up. All right, so we have McCain here. Uh, I just think he did it out of uh, age. He's just too damn old. He, he wants to suspend the campaign at any old uh, reason, and uh, this just happened to present itself. Yeah, he's Both of them are incompetent, even Palin. They had her interviewed by Katie Couric, and Katie Couric is getting her, her Jewish eyes narrowed, and she's very slick and intelligent, and she knew Palin didn't know what she was talking about in the economy. We put that video up, too. It looks very bad, and yet, as bad as it is, they're a better choice than, than, than the mulatto Obama. Yeah, it's, he's just trying to look like he's above politics and statesmanlike, and he's going to go to Washington and solve the financial crisis, but he won't. <laughs> 
I mean, we're not even putting up second string here. These guys, I mean, McCain and Palin, they're pretty much the uh, the back of the heap. They're they're the bottom of the heap. Well, they're desperate. They're desperate too because they're so tied to Bush, and Bush is so disliked now, just across the board, that he's trying to do whatever he can to win. And it might work. A lot of people don't like Obama. All the people who thought Obama was going to walk away with it are, are now rethinking. All right. Well, that leads us to our second story here. ABC, NBC, CBS strongly support Obama. Comprehensive analysis of every evening news report by the NBC, ABC, and CBS television networks on Barack Obama since he came to national prominence concludes coverage of the Illinois senator has, quote, bordered on giddy celebration of a political rock star rather than objective news gathering. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise anyone, does it? I mean, they, to the extent these people are not Jews who are using blacks to destroy white America, they're idiotic white sellout liberals who truly believe that, oh, this is historic and unprecedented and we are on the right side of history, but all they're doing is hastening the destruction of the country. I mean, black politicians almost across the board are simply criminals. Barack Obama prophet from Africa. Let me say it again. Barack Obama, the prophet from Africa. And your confidence level is super high. Barack, you're going to learn a white nation. And even if Obama was not a criminal, he's pretty much the most liberal member of the Senate, as determined by one of those organizations that tracks votes. He is just an ordinary Marxist. He's going to take from the whites and give to the blacks, take from the earners and give to the spendthrifts, moralize and hector and lecture people who built the country and condescend to their to those people while stealing from them and, you know, aiding his own community of, of, of the niggers and the welfare. And then that's what he's always done. So even if he were white, he'd be he'd be terrible based on what he believes. And the spur, the, probably the more dangerous aspect of it is is the uppityness of niggers that's going to be encouraged if Obama's elected. And that's evident. Any comments from niggers across the internet and they, they're gloating and they can't wait to think that a nigger's going to be in the White House. They own the Fulbright, country now. The, there'll be about a million pregnancies at least. Think of all the, 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 the dumb wh- young white girls. These girls have no logic. Uh, you know, I fraternize with them 20 to 30 years old. Uh, they're out there even over here in Estonia. They're, they're, uh, you know, they may have an education in a very limited sense. But they, they have not even a passing interest in politics or destiny of white people or the destiny of anything other than next year's fashion or what's currently hip. So imagine how many of them are going to get a nigger boyfriend behind us and get knocked up. It'll be devastating. They should have... How about Keith Olbermann talk about that? Or, or Matthews, who, who felt the you know black snake crawling up his leg and gets so excited. <laughs> now, the new study by the Media Research Center, which tracks bias in the media, is summarized on the organization website, where the full report also has been published. It reveals that positive stories about Obama over that time outnumbered negative stories 7 to 1, and significant controversies, such as Obama's relationship with a convicted Chicago man, have been largely ignored. Not to mention his uh, that recent assassination attempt uh, in the south side of Chicago has been downplayed. Yeah, well, this is a study by uh, standard one of the standard conservative media analysts 
journalists. I used to know some of the people who worked there back in the day, back in the 20 years ago. Uh, and they're just conservative whiners. You know, they, they'll, they'll monitor the content on primetime shows and news shows and, and tell you that it's liberal. No kidding. You already know that. What matters is that it's done by Jews ultimately are the source of that liberalism. And it's not a bias. They are simply using the mass media as a tool. For it's intox- a pathology. Well, to say it's a bias suggests that it be corrected. It, and it, it, it gets you thinking in the wrong way. The, the problem with the media is not the bias. The problem is they are owned by a group that is hostile to our race and our way of living. It's not something as simple as a bias that could be correct. Yet that's the analysis that can analytical lines that conservatives always proceed align and they never depart. So they, they endlessly just whine and they turn into old women. They uh, read Irvine looked like a lizard and they just whine about liberals. Liber- it's not liberals, it's Jews. The Jews are using the media as a political tool to destroy our nation and our kind. It's far deeper than some simple liberal bias. Sure, but not just the nation, the world, Alex. Haven't they already normalized the, the belief in most white people's minds that whites are medically dysfunctional and having a predilection to racism and therefore that must be corrected worldwide? Yeah, and they've demonized white families, they've demonized white men, they've demonized Southerners, they've celebrated the end of the South in Newsweek recently. They've tried to attack every white subculture and white genetic strain that they can by portraying it. Right, look what they've done in South Africa or Rhodesia or Kenya for that matter. The, you know, home country of B-Rock himself. There's, there's another video Pod Blanc has up in which Joan Rivers and her daughter Melissa, they're vlogging and they're complaining about, first of all, they talk about Tom Hanks' hairdo. And uh, Joan says, does that just scream Nazi or what? And then Melissa says, gave me the quivers. <laughs> the shivers or something. The trend that both shocked and astonished me mm-hmm. was, of course, as all of you know out there, the hair from the Third Reich, Tom Hanks. I mean, does that scream Nazi Germany or what, it, that hair? It, it, I actually felt myself get a little chill. Ricky Gervais, I would never think a comic would go for that. I think he was making a statement he wants to be taken as a serious act. And it was very severe. Yes. Strong. And, and then, then they move on, and they even talk about Heidi Klum, and they talk about her Nazi outfit. In fact, she's, she's banging and dropping a, a, a boogaboos, you know. What, what does she want? Well, yeah, Jews basically see all whites as potential Nazis. That's how they look at us. Yes. And yeah. that's they, they so frequently recur to calling us Nazis, we, even if we're extremely liberal, because they see the potential if we ever got together and defended ourselves and well, freedom. We must be making progress, because for them, as, as Rounder would say, because for somebody like Joan Rivers to come out and just in entertainment and observing trends as a woman, as a woman which they're obsessed with doing, a fashion trend. They even said the women, Alex, the women had these hairdos a little bit sweep around, kind of a little, a little bit kind of subdued beehive, and anyway, sweep around. They said, does that just scream Ava Braun or what? <laughs> Yeah, that, and they find that kind of thing funny. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's so far gone. If they're concerned about the trends, maybe they're following the Internet trends. Israelis flock to McCartney show. Former Beatle Sir Paul McCartney has played his first gig in Israel in front of an estimated 40,000 cheering fans. The 66-year-old singer kicked off the historic concert with the familiar Beatles song Hello, Goodbye at Tel Aviv's 
Yarkon Park. That's a poor showing. Metallica drew 72,000 here in Estonia with only a one and a half, 1.1 million people in residence. Here's the interesting part of this article. Back in 1965, the Beatles were scheduled to perform but were prevented taking the stage because of fears they could, quote, corrupt the nation's youth, unquote. So just as we see everywhere else is one standard for Jews in Israel and another standard for the rest of the world. They're perfectly fine with corrupting our youth in America with hip-hop, etc. But in their own country, they're scared of even the Beatles. They don't want all that hippie, that, that drug-using stuff to come to Israel. They want it and, pure America to destroy our youth. And their manager was Brian Epstein, homosexual Jew, uh, kind of a pretty boy. I saw him in a video just today introducing Marianne Faithful, who is also a Jewess. But Epstein was the one who was, uh, I guess he and John Lennon were butt-fucking and sucking each other at one point. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, looks, there's not too much more to say about that story other than the Palestinians wanted him to cancel the uh, gig. Well, I, I wanted to mention McCartney has this new girlfriend, you know, and what's her name? Name escapes me, Nancy something, I think. Anyway, her dad is a big-time Jew trucker on the East Coast who's a friend of lots of mafioso. Some of his friends have died, many of them. And Actually, that family's worth $500 million, half a billion, so that's McCartney's new uh, number. Mm. Maybe she urged him to go over there. Didn't he just get taken in a big divorce case? Yeah, by the peg-leg pirate. She yeah. supposedly has borderline personality disorder. She's going to go down and live with, uh, what's his name, uh, Brampton. Wants to live on his island down there. It costs 25 grand a day in the Caribbean. The guy who had Virgin Airlines and Virgin Records, oh, France. Yeah. yeah so, so it's funny too, Alex, all these rich people, Aegis and I talk about it sometimes, where are all these people stepping up for their race? You would think at some point some of them would have a little epiphany in later years. You know, these guys are like 60 years old, a lot of them, Alex. Huh. The ones that I know, uh, the, that guy, I guess Tanton or something, who's behind some of the anti-immigration stuff, although they don't, of course, ever mention the Jewish connection there. Yet they've been announced by the SPLC as, uh, as you know, nativist and racist and what have you. But uh, they'd have to be very protective of how they did it, but there still wouldn't be a way to go about funding resistance to what's being done to the country. Uh, I'm afraid America has always operated on the principle of uh, whoever has the most money is right and is God's elect and uh, has the right to dictate to everyone else. Well, on the side of McCain, there are billionaires like Henry Kravis, Jew, and, and Stephen Schwarzman, Jew buyout expert, leverage. And then on the other side, who are there? There are Jew Spielberg, a homo Jew David Geffen, mm -hmm. billionaire, Katzenberg, who else? Lots of billionaire Jews, I'm sure, on the Obama side. Oh, uh, Oprah. Uh, Soros, uh, uh, let's not forget. Yeah, George Soros. <laughs> an operator behind uh, Obama. And then he's funded by the, uh, he's a strategist, I believe. And then there's the Pritzker family of Chicago, real estate Jew magnates who are uh, backing his, uh, his early campaigns in Illinois. So we've gone from the time of Elijah Lovejoy when most of the citizens, at least of downstate Illinois, were very much against abolitionists and the niggers they wanted liberated to today where all those little nigger towns down to Mississippi are, are full of gunfire and are utterly bankrupt. And the, the niggers have made a mess, a financial mess of Chicago as well. And, boy, I saw a back-to-school parade on one of these. Uh, I get WGN, which is the Chicago channel, and I just was flipping by, and I saw uh, the back-to-school. They have some name for it, I forget. Back-to-school parade for Chicago. And it's basically all niggers. It's it's all these marching bands and what have you. And it's all nigger parade. And I know that Chicago's at least 25% Mexican, so we're just seeing the third-worlding of, of pretty much everywhere in America nowadays. 
I was watching this nigger video on YouTube the other day, Alex, in Aegis, and the guy says, he says, he was between 17 and 22. So he was at least, you know, sophomore in high school to, to uh, freshman or, or, or sophomore in uh, community college. So he says he learned a new word today, cynic. <laughs> so hmm. he starts telling us what cynic means. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Craig, you know, I never watch, uh, this is more in your area of Missouri, but I, every once in a while I, I might see the uh, Kansas City local news and it's just endlessly depressing. It's one nigger crime after another or, you know, this nigger school is going bankrupt and the, the little nigglets are out protesting cuts and everywhere black cities go bankrupt they're into receivership and then you know they're always protesting the racism as some human comes in and tries to shake shake out the situation financially and get it back to normal but I guess that's going on nationally now so why worry well, about well it's real stratified you know Kansas City Missouri is like nigger central and then Kansas City Kansas is uh, you know mansions and huge pharmaceutical company families and such I mean just huge it's shopping center city I went there and visited my brother in 2000 I think my youngest brother six four, and I got lost. And I called the middle brother. They were both there at the one's house on the Kansas side, and I was lost in downtown Kansas City. I said, "Come out here and get me." And they act like it was a big joke. It was like midnight, and I said, "I don't want to get shot dead out here." You know, you, you could just see they're just driving by, eyeing you as if you're uh, their next prey. The weakest outpost of the British Empire were the first to fall, and that was Kenya, Rhodesia, now South Africa, and we see the United States, UK. Oddly enough, it's coming back to the, the core. Uh, the UK is, as, is is falling fast, as is even the Netherlands, France, and the US under the, the dictatorship of the Jews 50 years or 60 plus years after World War II. So the challenge for whites, I guess, is to regroup and to, you know, stay mobile and to adapt to today's environment as best they can. Okay, let me let me remind you, a few days ago you were telling me, Aegis, about qualities whites use to have when we accepted that there is this world. There is no other world. This is it. You mentioned to me how in, in Greek times, for example, and, mm. and some other cultures, I think Thracian, they generally believed these aspects, or if they believed in, in, in another world, it, it wasn't the uh, feminized Christian world after world. But, uh, and Jews know that. That's why they're after money, power in this world. Whites, just as they did to these banks we were talking about earlier, they'll describe you as being racist. And this is an incredible intimidation when they've turned it into a secular religion that is, is accepted by the masses. If you're a racist, you're cooked, according to them. And they've medicalized it to the point where you know somebody like Chris Rock can talk about it and, and be completely racist from a black standpoint and, and make tens of millions of dollars behind it. And uh, it's all well and good. Yeah, the point is we're going to have to change it through our own actions because they are just going to keep pushing on it harder and harder. And you know, every every year there's a new milestone and next year it might be yeah. bigger president. And it yeah. will get worse. I mean, and white girls knocked up by niggers if that guy gets elected, Alex, that's just really frightening and awful. It's just so sad. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, even where niggers are 90% majority, as in South Africa, they don't put an end to affirmative action. They increase it. It gets worse. It will never get better. We have to take power back away from the Jews. Right, but that starts with changing our view of the world, and uh, that's the beginning. Well, I mean, that's why it's worth doing this show to alert you. There, is, there are people out there who understand the Jewish taproot of our problems, financial, political, and otherwise. White people, ordinary white people, don't want to open the borders with Mexico. They don't want to force banks to make loans to uncreditworthy blacks. 
but all of these things are in place because a hostile parasitic alien elite controls our country and it controls the organs by which we communicate apart from the internet controls TV and radio and newspapers and it blacklists anybody who stands against it by countering its lies and let's not forget police force military yes and they would like to even import speech codes that they have throughout most of the rest of the white western world into America and get rid of the first amendment and get rid of the second amendment so you can't defend yourself with weapon or word or you get thrown in jail by the way guys the uh First Brigade of the 3rd Division, which has been in combat for 35 of the past 60 months, was just moved back from Iraq into the United States for the express purpose of controlling potential insurrection in the United States. And there are some photos, too, of these concrete Lego block cells which have been transported by rail car in Utah. And we already saw what happened in Katrina where they just picked up weapons with Thank you very much, sir. Impunity, basically. They, they let a few niggers run wild with some six shooters because they refused to give them up. Some negresses in their homes. It's a, all of that's occurred. But, uh, white be- whites better buck up sooner or later. And, and of all of you people who think we're the bad people, uh, you're really getting an object lesson now, aren't you? Thank you very much, too. I'm glad. Increasingly, whites, we have to consider ourselves from an international standpoint that a Whites are whites wherever they are, and B, we have to stay mobile, stay flexible, and uh, keep innovating and and teaching uh, other whites the the true situation that we find ourselves in at, in this period of time. At only eight percent of the planet, we should immediately force our governments as immediately as possible to allow unlimited travel between all white countries. You know, you have a DNA test, and if you're white. According to the rule, you can travel anywhere, just as Jews seamlessly go back and forth between Israel and New York State or wherever they want, and, and even rule us while having dual citizenship. But the whites should absolutely foment for that, and then that would have the cultural barrings and the intermarriages and so forth between various white nations would, would coagulate us and seal us as a people more strongly. Yeah, I think there were times in our history as a people where we were also numerically outnumbered by non-whites, but we survived, and at some point we had a, a great expansion in numbers, which led to, you could say, modern history itself. But if we see the tide turning again, then it's important that we keep passing the torch on to the the generations so that they know what type of fight they're in. Well, they've spread so far. I mean, in Chicago, I mean, around the lake, everywhere they've spread, and the bean dogs too. And eventually, if we are to escape living in a third world country, we will have to uh, push back. Well, yeah, that. I mean, the tenets of creativity come into play here, which I guess you could say is also part of the legacy. We would have to pass on, you know, a legacy free of Christian moral conceptions, and one ensures survival and expansion on this planet. Remember Victor Ostrowski of the Mas- 
Assad. We have so many of his videos up on Podblog. Mm -hmm. Now he said it just takes a generation or two to destroy people's will to survive and a people's unanimity. They've done it. It's already been accomplished. If you look at the type of information as these youths are subscribing to and putting out, it's just deplorable. I mean, it's embarrassing. NorCal Kwan, these guys, we just laugh at it. It's so far gone. And it's not just generational because racialists are crossing the generations now in their awakenings, particularly with these young white males who are seeing the disconnects in their own life experiences in educational institutions, law schools, for example, or even uh, technical schools, whatever, even the, the workplace. And they're reacting to it finally. And they, almost without prompting, just from the prompting of the fists and, and, and the beatings they're being uh, delivered by non-whites. So that's something. Well, the worldview that will survive, I think, will be most likely a strain of creativity or creative-like. And at that time, if whites can organize themselves into a fighting unit, let's just put it this way, I think there could be some serious reversals in population <laughs> percentages. The, the leaders of all our Western countries right now are telling all of us to find ways to ease the entry of increasing numbers of the, of the population boom of these third worlders. They like to fuck a lot. It's fun to fuck. Uh, they don't think anything of dropping one kid after the other, just like uh, Haredim Jews in that respect who have nine or ten kids. And, and the boom is coming. They're already saying it's going to be tens upon, uh, or pardon me, hundreds upon hundreds of millions. And, and somehow they've gotten it in white people's minds that it's their inalienable right to, to move into our countries as soon as they, I, I don't know, graduate some, from some village secondary school. And uh, that, that's what's coming. They're literally telling us to prepare for it. And, and the women and, and the men, the white men who have these advanced degrees in sociology and law and media and everything else, people like Olbermann who are up there every day in very high English telling people to accept these things. Look, the, the, the way is paved already in the United States. These Marxian kids are already for it. We saw them at both political conventions out in the streets. And although they understand globalism on some level, they don't have any objection to the importation of non-whites, do they? More the merrier. Well, a lot of them don't. They're they're successfully brainwashed. It's been going on for so many decades that it's, it's a, you know, you, you walk around the streets and you see Obama stickers and you see Harry Edwards stickers and see the rest. It's the standard liberal enlightenment view that race doesn't matter, nation doesn't matter. We're beyond all that. We're citizens of the world. And eventually, sooner or later, it's brought home to you or your offspring that, oh, in fact, people fall into different and incompatible races. And one is up or the other is down. It's far, far better that white humans be up than that bean dogs or niggers be on top of us. Well, if Obama gets elected, there's going to be a lot of niggers on top of beautiful white girls who, who don't have proper upbringing and the proper logical skills to, to save their, their entire lives from ruination. Yeah, it will probably spur all the wrong friends, all the trends Jews are trying to encourage in their media. Yeah, which is exactly why they picked him, because he, he would be a figurehead anyway. Bush is, in a way, the perfect incompetent boot white guy. What was that chain that they called him recently? Functional moron. Uh, he, he's, he's a, he has a very good act going, and that's the case. It's a perfect, it's it's perfectly, he's perfectly in tune with the propagandistic atmosphere of the portrayal of white men as indeed boobs and stooges. It's hard work. Our proposal is a big proposal. And the reason it's big and substantial is because we got a big problem. Now, Anytime you have a plan this big, members, uh, there are disagreements over aspects of the rescue plan, but there is no disagreement. 
that they say he told Israel lately, some of the press articles are saying now that he told them they could not attack Iran at this time. And I guess they denied him some of the largest bunker-busting bombs. But that's another thing we haven't mentioned here tonight, is that may be the next unfolding of the destruction of the U.S. And they'll lash out as if to say, oh, the dollar was last week's story. Today the dollar's bounced back because we're busy uh, taking over these oil fields or, or subjugating these people you know, who got a little too uppity. Right. Instead of uh, concentrating on alternative energy like hydrogen or, or solar energy, they're just mad dash grabbing after control of these oil wells and, and keeping innovation at a standstill so that they can more or less use the price of oil as a tax on motion in the world. It's an interesting way to thought. Speaking about a motion and, and uh, how about this Sarah Bernard? I can't stop thinking about this one too. What was that she said? I, I know I'm bringing out this up just uh, extemporaneously. Remember that bitch? That's Sarah Bernard. Didn't we put the video up of she and Madonna on Letterman in 1987 or 8 when they were in their lesbian phase? They come out in their uh, little uh, happy days rolled up uh, jeans and, and their blouses and feeling each other's tits and stuff making out or whatever. Anyway, Sarah Bernard, what'd she say on, on that thing she called Palin what? She's a big Obama supporter as is the Jewish Bette Midler. There's so many of them. I, I forgot all of her quotes precisely. Well, she did say she wants her Old Testament. That's right. Her Old Testament. The tour of the five books especially. Yeah, that's right. Don't you fucking reference the Old Testament bitch. You stay with your new goyasha crappy <laughs> shiksa funky bullshit. Don't you touch my Old Testament, you bitch. Yes, we have left it open for interpretation. It is no longer taken literally. She called, what did she call Palin something? I don't know. It, it, it's, you were saying, oh, the past few weeks ago, you were saying how it's really just an entertainment business now, elections in the United States. It has nothing to do with civic responsibility or intelligence. It, it's just another, you know, Roman Colosseum uh, show. Yeah, cult of celebrity. Yeah, we have it now, don't we? And, and so to see this, this fall apart, for myself, you know, I know I'm over here, expat and all, but some days I'm a little bit sad about it. I almost feel sorry for, for how stupid some of the Americans are, the white Americans anyway. That's what I'm speaking of, of course. And then other days I'm just angry at them. Sometimes I'll oscillate back and forth at a rapid pace. But uh, on one level, they really deserve it all because it's their refusal to, to, as Alex says, I guess just be adults. Well, I think you put it also, I think, the other day. You said they're not truth seekers. They're not, uh, what you call them, uh, there's lots of low lives out there. <laughs> that means people, you know, they're not searching truth. The government has created the kind of people it, it needs to sustain itself. And those are not people who think. They're people who buy things and eat and watch TV, and that's about it. And work at, at large corporations that, you know, they have a good tax control over. That's what well, then where want. is the moral wrongness, then, to, to, to kill them? There is not, right? Assume that people are what they are, but they can be changed through education and a different form of government. I mean, well, it, if they're in the middle of a firefight, they, they might have a epiphany conversion, but I doubt it. People will follow anyone who makes a strong lead. There, there's lots of people who don't like what's going on in the system, but oh, yeah? the, the, the set of people who are disenchanted with things as they are today, a lot of them don't understand the cause, the true cause, because they don't have anywhere from mass media to get the true cause of it. They have to go on the Internet and search and, and think and come to a conclusion. 
conclusion. Many people do that. Most probably don't. They, they stay at the level of conservatism and they go along with whatever Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity says is wrong with things. But they can be, they can be re-educated if they hear the true message. And it, it only really comes to fruition once there's a, there's an active revolution. Hitler wasn't getting anywhere until the hyperinflation and the uh, destruction of, of the savings of the middle class. That's when people start to listen when, you know, they can't live a comfortable life and the system has failed. Right now the system hasn't failed to that level. So people are unwilling to entertain serious change. But as we see, you know, when you're starting to request $700 billion bailouts and you're basically bankrupt, maybe you're starting to approach that point. I don't know. Far yeah, maybe too that if they can ratchet people down enough, 44 grand a year down to 14,000 or whatever, purchasing power in current dollars. Maybe they think that by that stratagem, they'll, uh, they will you know, yeah, lose track of how bad things are. They do it slowly enough or by degree, then they can boil the frog. Yes. Yeah. It's when it happens, you know, when, when you have to be paid twice a day or else, you know, your purchasing power disappears at that point. You know, Starving like, billionaires? Yeah. yeah. They have one billion dollar notes down there in Zimbabwe, don't they? <laughs> they do, they do. For most people, it's got to hit them in the stomach before they they will look up and consider the larger questions. We already have videos. They're praying to Jibu, Alex. No problem. We're going to take care of it. There's a better will to wait. Swing low, sweet cherry. Come and fold it. Carry me home <laughs> to, to, to a nigger paramour in the sky. <laughs> to old black Joe. <laughs> That's right. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. Well, we're moving on now. We're moving on now. To the east side. To a deluxe apartment in the sky. We're moving on now. To the east side. We finally got a piece of the pie. Fish don't fry in the kitchen. Well, I mean, they've been running, you know, race-mixing propaganda for 40 years, and they still haven't got that large of a section of the population to go along with it. Yeah, well, it's uh, almost like, are they going to wake up one day and just say this was a big failure like communism was, or are they going to ride this dog to the bitter end? You know what? Uh, Peter, Peter, uh, what's his name? You know what I'm saying? Peter Schiff says that he thinks that may happen. Of course, he's a Jew, and he used to work for, for uh, Ron Paul, but he said that the possibility of the dissolution of the United States virtually overnight, we've got the video. It's still up there in the top four in Pod Blanc. It's astounding, you know, when really powerful people start saying this, and, and Cavuto tries to cut him off when they get on that tack. He doesn't want to hear about it. Well, no, I mean, he's part of, they're all happy with things as they are. They're well paid, yeah. live comfortable lives, and all they have to do is maintain these fictions and ride herd over the bovine. But yes. Anything human can fall apart overnight. That's why it's useless to get too discouraged or too happy about it. And what we need to do is what our forebears should have done is recognize that, look, Jews are not a problem that can be talked out. Even physical separation from them doesn't work particularly well. They need to be exterminated. Yeah. And well, well, the black, what have you is at the very least have to be shipped back to Africa so that we can live a civilized life. And our forebears should have recognized that, that a, a Jew is a, a it's a germ plague. It's a bacillus that infects our population. Right. Well, and let's 
let's look at how they really attack on our society via its monetary institutions. So, fuck, it's like the evolution of the AIDS virus, man. They're on both sides of the issue. You know, you change one way, and they'll come at you from both sides with, with controverting messages. Right. I wish you guys could talk about that, you know, and, and explain how that. I don't think people get that, Alex. How they do that? You know what well, I mean? Well, basically, for example, hey, the, the obama obain uh, uh, mccain dichotomy is one. Huh? Well, anything that can be bribed, they can do it. Any position uh -huh. that can be filled, they can fill it. So that's that's the money aspect, the monetary power they have. However, they're not elected uh, agencies, but they're able through their bribery and their their manipulation of public or information to to attack a nation from every which way. Sure. If Obama wins, all the girls race mix, and, and it becomes fashionable, and and we lose that way. And on top of that, they can control Obama's uh, Zionistic inklings or anti inklings, whatever. Plus, the the Federal Reserve just uh, chugles on no matter what. Whichever. Yeah. The public understand is that the politics is a punch and judy show. That is, you've got these two puppets, punch and judy or puppets, going at each other. And all the little kids are gathered around the box watching it. But if you look down below, you see that the same guy has his hand up. You now, both of the puffs. So he's working them for your amusement. But at the end of the day, they, they go back to the same taproot, the same person. It, politics is a masquerade performed for uh, the public to get excited about it and think it has a, a hand in the process. But really, both of them are ultimately pushing the same agenda. There may be very slight differences, but on the, the basic stuff, stuff that matters, the essentials, Obama and McCain, Republican and Democrat, liberal and conservative, are on the same side. And no one will discuss the true issues as we do here in Goyfire, telling you that, look, you, the mass of the American people, the whites who founded this, the white descendants of the people who founded the country, you don't want borders open Mexico. You don't want affirmative action. You don't want endless foreign wars. Yet we have all this. Why is that? And we alone tell you the answer is that our country is controlled by Jews. They've effectively cut off the white head, that is, the 10% of whites who would naturally leave the 90%, and replaced it with their own. So that all the experts you see, the talking heads, are almost inevitably their Jews or people paid by Jews, put forward the Jewish agenda. They may call it conservative, they may call it liberal, but it's always the Jewish agenda. No one will ever step up and speak the plain racial truth. You're being screwed. You and your kids, your, their, your posterity that this country was created for. And, and, and they started in the, in the big cities, like New York City, and then they had these jump-off points like Hollywood and fly over country in between. And then, you know, over time, they just were able to consolidate their grip. You know, on MSNBC right now, Microsoft NBC, Africa Bill Microsoft, and Africa Warren Buffett. Anyway, this Rachel Maddow is real big. And she's a dyke. I mean, she's just so butch, it's, it's revolting to watch her. And although a couple of years ago, MSNBC only had a total viewership of something like 286,000. They're not that much bigger now, but she's somehow beating guys. Uh, I don't know if she beat O'Reilly, but she's very... Very, very high. These abominationers like her. And she interviewed Barney Frank, and we have that video up, and she says at the end, okay, Barney or something, or keep it up, keep up the uh, the mitzvah. And then she gives a little sly smile. Now, she's she's a goy. She's got a she's got a portly uh, blonde uh, dyke girlfriend. They live together. There are whole stories about her. You can look them up on the internet. But uh, she, she actually says, uh, keep up the mitzvah or, or something like that. The mitzvah for America. The mitzvah I mean, for the Wall hell Street. Cares? This little yeah. minor religion. And, and then she gives a little sly smile as if to say, aren't I a, a, a great trick pony? Disgusting. Mitzvah being pikeish for good deeds. Like yeah, our yeah the Wall Street Mitzvah, that's what she was talking about. Abbas Goy are proud of the little bits of Hebrew and Yiddish that they know. Right, like Paul McCartney up there doing his uh, shepherd's Yeah, and Madonna. And she knows it's going to be eaten up by the masses, too. In fact, that Madonna, uh, Sarah Bernhardt, Homo vid, or when they were dykes there in 88 on Letterman that I mentioned a while ago, uh, they start yammering because Sean Penn, who's a half-Jew and was married to Madonna at the time. Uh, Bernhardt was all 
crazy about him, and I guess uh, fucked him or something. They make a joke about it right on the uh, right on the TV show. It's all a big laugh. Yeah, they've really spread this. It, it re- kind of relates to what Jones and he's talking about. You know, in the 14, 15, 1600s, when these these occultists, these Kabbalists, are spreading out from England and and trying to come up with this Kabbalah. You see parallels with that in Madonna and Lindsay Lohan. You know, oh, I'm really a lesbian and I'm marrying this Jew girl. And Madonna, you know, with the, the the bisexuality, the the homosexuality, the lesbianism, and the wearing of those little red wristbands that's all they're in with Kabbalah. So that continues to exert some a fascination over the weaker-minded uh, Aryan types who who are in those uh, those facile industries like show business, where you know you have to be very very sensitive to what other people are thinking and quickly get in line with. It. And that area of our people is particularly disgusting. But uh, and the original Mother Mary uh, Madonna was it was a Caicos and Jewish to begin with. She wasn't a Catholic. Right, see, the Bernhard will tell you the Jews are the senior Christians, you know, with the Old Testament. Yeah. And the uh, Christians, they have that uh, funky New Testament. I remember ages. She said she wanted Palin to get raped, wasn't it, by some niggers? She didn't call them niggers, of course. Some shitskins in uh, Central Park or something like that. She, if, she, if Palin came to New York City, she could get raped by the guy. That would teach her a lesson, which is one of the threats. If you watch the videos that a lot of Negroes make on YouTube, they always say, yeah, come over here, say that to my face, or come to my hood, come to my neighborhood and try to say that. Right, that's, anyway. that's the rebuttal. Yeah, <laughs> the rebuttal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a bad state of affairs, but just remember, we're the bad guys for talking about it. Not, you know, it's it's amazing, it's really something. Yeah, well, we're through the topics, closing statements. We're the good guys. How about that? <laughs> it's been said before. Yeah. Well, it's not right. the people running America who are the good guys. I mean, they've bankrupted us. They've destroyed our reputation internationally. And it's our job here to explain to you what's actually going on. The sort of the mm-hmm. white ground. Sure. Yeah. Liberated white America, liberated white West. Here's what people would be talking about plainly and openly if we had any actual white leadership or white representation, which we do not have. And so we have to keep that flame alive, and that's what we tried to do here this evening on uh, on Goyfire. Yeah, I wish it were last uh, last spring when we were only hated for the uh, international wars, uh, the Zionist wars, and for the rendition flights. Yeah, we just encourage those of you listening to protect your money by buying some gold and silver. The hard, hard coins that are valuable that will that will protect the rest of your money, which is being destroyed by Jewish inflation, by the Jews running the Fed, printing the money, diluting the value, the purchasing power of your money. The point, as I said earlier in the show, that you know, it costs a dollar to buy a single baking potato at High V here in the Middle West, up from two for a dollar within the last year or year and a half. So inflation is higher than what they say. That is, they're printing more money than they're even admitting to. And the M3 is not published. The wrong people, people who are at war with ordinary whites, now control America and much of Europe and we need the white liberation movement and this is essentially white liberation radio that you're listening to right. not at all used with conservative talk radio right. which is Jewish liberalism by another name yeah, and the precise power that we use the precise monetary instruments we used during the revolution are now being used against us they're well, still earned when Russet potatoes reach uh, 10 bucks a pound please remember Goyfire and VNN Forum and Pod Blanc <laughs> yeah, yeah but dollars not the, not the stopping point the price of potato it will keep going up as the Jews keep inflating the money supply and basically what the libertarians are saying is what they would do the right thing and allow these banks to go under and the people who made the bad loans to fail and quit interfering with the market what would happen is a radical price drop see drop in housing prices deflation price then it would all go back down as the market corrected itself that's what they don't want to allow to happen they want to keep propping it up and keep the bubble blowing by putting in new credit but excessive credit creation was what created the problem in the first so understand that and 
and protect self. Educate the people around you. Protect your family and your money by buying gold, by having guns, by being able to defend yourself, by knowing the true history of your people. And only in that way and by networking with your neighbors can you protect your own posterity as the people who created our country intended to do with the Constitution. Yeah, pull those weapons out and start shooting them. There's a lot of squirrels and rabbits that need to be popped. Sure. There's a lot of two-footed vermin, too.